0: Today we're privileged to have with us the founder and president of People G Two, Chris Dyer.
1: Hey, Chris. Good afternoon, and thank you for joining me again. My name is Chris Dyer, and I'll be your host here for the next hour on the Talent Talk Radio Show. We have a really good lineup today uh, with uh, just a single guest, and we'll talk about that in a second. But we also have a lot of wonderful guests lined up for you all year long, and hope you'll uh, tune back in with us uh, here each week. Yeah. Uh, in case this is the very first time that you happen to be listening to the show, I'll give you a little rundown how that works. Uh, if you're a regular listener, then my apologies for the kind of the repeated intro here, but we generally feature a wide range of guests who care about talent management, leadership development, and company culture. And in the business world, talent really has a couple different meanings, and this show kind of first looks to how it relates to success and how really talented people achieve success, and The second way is how it relates to human resources and how HR leaders uh, find the best candidates for their company. So really what we're trying to do here is explore those two different areas along with how talented individuals impact a company's culture. Um, My guests typically include CEOs, HR executives, entrepreneurs, business leaders, coaches, uh, authors, just, just about anyone out there from any industry that has something important to talk about as it relates to talent. So... What usually happens is I'm at a networking event or a conference, and I have the privilege of meeting one of these inspiring leaders. And instead of cornering them in a room and being the only person that hears the great things I have to say, I decided to create this forum to allow you to listen in our dialogue and hopefully uh, learn some practical advice on how to cultivate talent, develop leaders, manage culture, and most importantly, impact your own career in a positive way. I want to thank those of you who are tuning in live here every Tuesday, but. Uh, If you have a question, it's really important you send it to us. You can use Twitter, use at PeopleG2 and the hashtag Talent Talk. My producer, Mike, can try to feed me the best questions, and we'll work them into the show as time allows. we also love to get your feedback, uh, your guest suggestions, anything else you have to say to us, you can send that way as well. Most of you are actually listening uh, on the podcast. So even though we do this show live, most people come back and listen either through their podcast app, their iHeartRadio app, because now we're syndicated with iHeartRadio, Um, And they listen to the shows uh, through their apps, and we really appreciate those 175,000 of you as of last week uh, that are tuning in and uh, really interacting with the show here all the time. We're uh, we're appreciative uh, to your support. Well, let's go ahead and get uh, today's show started. Uh, my uh, guest today will be uh, Lindsay Stanton. She's the chief client officer for Diggy Me. Hopefully I'm saying that correctly. And my uh, my second guest who was supposed to be on the show, Kristen Thomas, had an emergency this morning, uh, kind of a family emergency with so- someone getting very ill. So we will get her uh, rescheduled and certainly our uh, best wishes are out to her and her family. Uh, so let's go ahead and welcome in Lindsay. Lindsay, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your company. And again, I hope I'm saying it right Diggy Me.
0: Diggy. So Diggy, see? So yes.
1: I'm notorious for messing up at least one name on the show. And with one guest, you think I could do a better job, but I've done, done it again. So Diggy Me. All right, so what are you guys all about? And, and tell us a little bit about yourself as well.
0: Sure, absolutely. So um, I had the privilege of starting at Diggy Me about uh, six months after we launched. Uh, we've been around since. 2008, and um, I get to uh, oversee our strategic relationships, work with some of our larger channel partners in the space. That's my primary responsibility. Also working with um, our speaking engagements, handling major events. So um, I've spoken at some conferences like National Sherm, um, SHRM Talent Acquisition, some of the more targeted technology-focused conferences in the space, too. And we basically, we create digital job postings, uh, cultural videos, and helping organizations kind of showcase who they are, their job opportunities in a more dynamic way. Um, we integrate fully with their app contracting systems. The videos are shareable social and mobile, so they really kind of fit with uh, the change in the times and how the job seekers are looking to absorb and learn content, so really helping companies kind of differentiate themselves.
1: So, so what, are, what would maybe one of those average videos look like? I mean, what are some of the things that companies are trying to, to communicate with their applicants in that video format?
0: That's a really good question. Um, typically, they're about 60 seconds in length on the job side. You want to kind of keep it short and sweet to keep a, people's interest, especially in you know such a fast-moving society. That's why the mobile component is so important. But um, they'll include information about their culture usually. Uh, the videos will kind of start with critical information that differentiates the company and then end with that same messaging. And then in the middle, we'll talk about you know, the critical skills that are required for the position. What's kind of interesting that most people don't realize, and I think we intuitively know it because of how we like to learn and absorb um, other information that, you know, related to career search, but uh, people actually learn and retain about 60% more information when they watch a video versus reading something. So it's really helping organizations kind of play into that so that the talent really understands what you're recruiting for and the critical skill sets and strengths that you really need for that position opening.
1: And do you find those videos are digested a bit more by any particular um, generation or or group of applicants?
0: You know, that's probably a question that we get asked most commonly, and it's really interesting. It's less about um, how they're absorbing content because just, all of us uh retain information better through video but how they get there is different so um you know i'm an exer, so you know i'd probably be more likely to come across the job on you know linkedin or maybe even facebook but you know some of the younger talent that we're recruiting for for our clients you know might be on you know pinterest or craigslist and you know the kind of the sources the originating sources especially on the social side will vary pretty dramatically from uh vertical to vertical and um, demographic wise so um, and then I would say definitely we see the younger generations it's kind of uh, both extremes on the mobile side so the younger generations are definitely more likely to view off of mobile but interestingly enough at the executive level we see the same migration because you know when you're trying to reach somebody for a strategic role it's about trying to get their attention to the job and you know they're most likely going to be reading or watching content off of mobile so that's a, that's the best way to reach them at the higher levels as well
1: well it really makes sense because in the last i would say definitely in the last 18 months uh, i think the amount of video related content on facebook on twitter uh specifically has at least doubled if not tripled absolutely it, almost everything people are doing is somehow being done in a video and i'm I, what I'm wondering is, where are they doing it? Because no one's walking around with a video camera where I'm walking, but it seems like someone's videoing everything that's happening at all times because it ends up in those those mediums. Um, but yeah, absolutely. It, but it's really cool that you guys are able, on a very specialized level, it sounds like job-to-job, job, that you're able to you know, really be able to give people a good indication through a video, what's the company about? And I'm sure there's some pieces there that are always the same, but then you're also kind of listing some of those important qualifications, you know, on a job by job basis in a video that, 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 that's, that's the kind of thing that maybe 10 years ago would have cost, you know, $50,000 and would have kind of just been even unthinkable.
0: Well, and that's the thing, you know. People that you know, I think, and I think we've seen definitely kind of an awakening in the space within the last year. But um, people are afraid that video has to be super expensive, and it really doesn't. I mean, we, you know, we've definitely created a customizable product that that's very turnkey for the employees to be able to participate, and it's extremely affordable because you know we we know how to do it. We built the technology behind it, and um, it's repeatable for us. So you know, we see a lot of organizations, especially for the volume jobs that are critical to their business function, you know, definitely turning to video because it allows them to hire in volume, you know, across multiple locations very affordably. A lot of times they can actually eliminate spend on some of the other tools that they're using because of the tracking metrics that they're getting behind the video because the one thing that's so important about video and you kind of touched on it is everybody shares it. So, you know, it's different than, um, you know, just having a text-based posting out there. You're going to be able to tap into kind of niche talent pools and reach people in different ways through the video than you traditionally would just through your standard text posting in your ATS. So it definitely makes a huge difference when it comes to candidate engagement.
1: So if we shift for a second here away from the videos and maybe focus on on you, can, can you maybe talk a little bit about uh, what your role entails um, you know, on a day-to-day basis, being the chief client officer?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I'm actually on our board, too, so that adds uh, another fun element to, to my position. So I work a lot with our strategic partners. So um, we work closely with quite a few of the RPOs in the space, um, some of the staffing firms, We've even started uh, partnering and integrating with um, not only the applicant tracking systems, but some of the tech-based job boards, which is um, kind of an interesting and uh, fun area for us to be partnering in. So really kind of being able to have oversight and insight into helping, uh, especially on a volume scale with the channel partners, develop more efficiency and effectiveness uh, from a technology perspective, it gives me a really good insight, especially with, you know, the RPOs, for instance, they're always hiring in volume, so being able to work with them, if we can, if we can help them be more effective in their strategy, it definitely has a trickle-down effect to our direct clients who, you know, maybe aren't working under as much pressure uh, as the RPOs are because we can take that same, you know, technology and insight on the metric side and apply it to our direct customers. So probably one of the things that I like the most about my role is, you know, being able to see how the technology, how our future um, strategic rollout uh, affects our clients and our channel partners and how we can help them, you know, move with the times because we're in, you know, a pretty rapidly changing space. And I, I think, you know, within the last two years, you know, we we've, we've honestly seen uh, traditionally what you would think of as a couple decades of movement and I think it's just going to continue to go that way I think we're going to be you know moving very very fast to keep up with uh, candidate expectations and to make sure that um, the systems that we have in place are matching you know our needs uh, for you know hiring in the volume that you know most organizations are having to right now
1: well I mean as you mentioned you've kind of been with the company here for a little while since you know 2009 and you know, the, you know, the space you're in is a very results-driven industry, and I'm wondering if there are some, you know, kind of noticeable challenges or big challenges that you're experiencing within the market, um, really since you've been there up, up until now. Yeah,
0: I would say, you know, on the results side, that is absolutely, you know, a blessing to us. Uh, and I would say, you know, with the downturn in the economy and then, you know, things picking back up again, that's been huge for us because the leaders that we're working with are having to prove that uh, the sourcing tools that they're using are working and the video gives them, you know, unmatched insight. So in that respect, it's actually been uh, very good for us. I'd say, you know, the number one challenge that we have is we don't have any direct competitors. So with that, you know, socialization and um, education and thought leadership are absolutely critical to, you know, educating the market as to what we're doing and how it can really affect um, candidate engagement. The other kind of challenge that we have is people hear video and the one area of the space that is, you know, heavily uh, saturated with video is on the video interviewing side where we're kind of completely opposite of that or, you know, helping the companies instead of uh, the candidates per se. So, you know, making sure that people Understand what we're doing as far as uh, digitizing employers. And um, what's interesting, though, is there's so much conversation outside the HR space about digitization, and, um, you know, you kind of alluded to it at the start of the segment. Um, I'm not sure if you saw some of the recent articles and video that have been put out by John Chambers, the chairman of Cisco, but he's talked about the U.S. economy and how, you know, the need for us to digitize and the need for companies to be able to digitize in order to keep up and, you know, and how rapidly we're moving.
1: Well, and some of the interesting components of the videos that you're doing is are so specialized and really kind of hit that the right person at the right time and there may Mm -hmm. be some other applications as well to this kind of overtime that we'll we'll probably hit here in just a minute but we are kind of at that moment here we're going to take our first uh, commercial break so hold on for just a minute and we'll be back uh, after this uh, quick commercial break
0: higher.
1: All right, we're back, uh, the Talent Talk radio show. Uh, thank you for sticking around with us. We have Lindsay Stanton, from the, she's the chief client officer at DigiMe. I'm now saying that correctly, unlike the top of the show. And we're talking here uh, about what they do and uh, specifically some of the v- great video content that they're helping employers create and, and deal with that allows them to effectively demonstrate who they are, what their culture is, and what that job may be all about to really Maybe I guess give vision to that applicant as to whether or not is that the job they want, is that the company they want to work for, and and hopefully give them a little bit of an edge in getting the right you know candidates or the right people to to apply. Is that is that a pretty good summary then of, of, of what we've talked about so far, Lindsay? Very good. <laughs> okay. Now I, I have lots of questions here that I, I had kind of prepared to ask you, but one of the things that kind of popped in my head that maybe we'll take a quick kind of derail from this for a second is. You know, there's a there's a lot going on with platforms like Periscope and there's a couple other ones that are similar to that. And I'm wondering if you see the market ever kind of going to, to something like that with live video where, you know, Maybe these very customized videos aren't enough now. Maybe applicants want to be engaging directly with, you know, someone from the company at particular times to to ask their questions and to make their comments and, you know, to have someone. Do you, do you see any potential for, for that kind of live video and live streaming to be a part of the process as well?
0: You know, that's a, that's a really interesting question. I was actually at an event uh, a couple weeks ago where they were using Periscope to live stream what was being filmed to be edited to, <laughs> which mm-hmm. is kind of an interesting uh, juxtapose on it. But. Um, I think you know most of the organizations that we're working with. I, I can't really see that being an option, quite frankly, just because they really want to have control over their brand and their brand messaging, and you know um, how and where they have their employees speak and in what context. So, I think that um, there's still always going to be that kind of element of needing to protect that. And, you know, when once you throw legal marketing and communications into the mix, it's probably kind of a struggle to go too much on the live streaming side.
1: I don't know. I could see the whatever might be the equivalent of Alex Trebek, you know, one day being the uh, spokesperson for your company on Periscope and, you know, <laughs> a- answering live questions to kind of engage, you know, people. Uh, maybe may it'll be uh, Kim Kardashian yeah, at that point. Yeah,
0: like a controlled forum like that, I could see. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That'd be interesting. So, well, you've had some uh, some really good success at, at your current company. And um, what would you point to as maybe one or two of your kind of best accomplishments in, in that journey so far?
0: You know, um, I would say being able to work with, you know, some of the large global RPOs has been uh, extremely insightful, particularly, you know, to be able to relate back to the you know, struggles maybe on a smaller scale that the direct clients that we're working with are experiencing, and then the, the probably the number one accomplishment personally that I've been involved with was um, we recently launched a full-scale partnership and integration with uh, Oracle which uh, we completed the partnership in three weeks and um, did the integration in just over a couple months. So that was something that I was really intimately involved with that I was really proud of because um, it just was such a huge validator of what we were doing that, you know, Oracle was kind of willing to hold the flag. Hey, this is something that we're supporting and encouraging our customers to utilize because they felt like this was really the direction that, that the industry was going. And to have such kind of a pinnacle of the industry take that position, um, I think was just a tremendous validator of what we're doing.
1: Oh, those are great accomplishments. And I guess to get something up and moving that quickly with such a big company like Oracle, that must have been a quite a feat because... I could have imagined something that's like that what taking... i heard. Yeah. I mean, a year or two. If you would have said, I got it done in two years, I would have said, wow, great job. Um,
0: well, and exactly. And that's <laughs> what I thought when we initiated, but no, it was very bad.
1: I guess so. that's a pretty good validator that maybe what you have is, is a is a got to have it type of a thing because if they're willing to move quickly, uh, that's always something we talk about If, if you know, when potential customers are dragging their feet. It's usually because you're just not that important or it's not that... Got to have it moment for them. They may, maybe it's important, and they want to get it done. But when something is hot and sexy and really solving a big need, they'll they'll move really quick uh, and exactly. get it done. So, and that's a sales and marketing thing, which I know you have a lot of experience in. And you also worked for a time in economic uh, development for the, the city of it's Elgin, right?
0: Right. Yeah. It's pretty large municipality outside of Chicago.
1: So, how have all those experience maybe helped kind of shape your leadership and? maybe you know hopefully prepared you for the role you're in now
0: that's a great question i think you know um it's, it seems like that's a million miles away from the hr space right but um all reality is working in a variety of industries especially you know with a, more of a sales and marketing approach has kind of allowed me to uh, learn how to negotiate and work with a variety of situations in quite a few different you know market areas so um that's uh, when I when I kind of stepped into this space, it allowed me to, I think, learn and adapt pretty quickly to the industry itself, having worked in quite a few different verticals before. So um, I it's, you know, I know it's not a traditional background. You know, I didn't come from recruiting and kind of grew up in the recruiting world, but I feel like I've been able to really learn and um, adopt the space pretty fast and kind of see, the critical areas that are missing. And I think sometimes having an outside perspective um, helps you see gaps and uh, see opportunities to be able to you know, leverage to, to help companies be more successful.
1: Yeah, and, and certainly that must be something you're doing fairly well because as you had mentioned, you were a featured speaker with Charm with a few times. I think the topic that I had seen was the convergence of video, mobile, and social for talent acquisition and branding. So could you maybe summarize some of the things from that talk and how all these things help a company move forward with you know their specific talent acquisition strategies?
0: Absolutely. Um, so that was a great event for us because I actually got to co-present with one of our legacy users, uh, Gina Max at USG Corporation, who um, has just been uh, phenomenal. You know, they've done a great job of uh, adopting Uh, technology and uh, using our solution to be more effective in their recruitment strategy. And it's kind of interesting. We've seen uh, year-over-year growth with them, but to be able to work with a company like that who literally came to us, and it was was kind of funny she mentioned this during our talk, they literally came to us with no budget. But... um, with the cost savings that we were able to help them implement through the video and um, the greater learning and understanding of the candidate behavior, they've been able to grow pretty significantly with us. And um, the, the the talk, the session was a lot on uh, leveraging different um, data points, uh, like on how uh, search engine optimization, for instance, uh, can really impact reaching candidates. Uh, most people might not be aware, but, you know, 80% of your candidate flow is going to start with uh, people typing in keywords on Google, so that's how they're going to get to your position opening, whether it's through, you know, your career site or you posting out your job, so it's really important that you show up front and center, and uh, a lot of companies haven't taken the time to, you know, check that and see where they're ranking. Video will actually help you rank 53 times higher on a Google search so that's helping them come up front and center. Uh, we've built a proprietary video player that allows the clients to instantly rank, and they're ranking multiple times since we're integrating at the applicant tracking system level. Every place that they're currently sourcing acts as an indexing point. But then, um, as I mentioned earlier, the candidates are actually engaging and sharing the video content. So um, all those, you know, social pushes are helping, you know, the client index as well. So, and especially if they're doing a lot of location-based hiring, we see a lot of companies, you know, we could build one, you know, customer care representative role for them, for instance. But, you know, we can customize the tracking and metrics behind that video for each hiring market so that they're seeing specific candidate behavior by market, which you know is going to fluctuate pretty dramatically, and then they're leveraging the SDO because if, like, you look at a company like USG, they're hiring drivers in you know a ton of different markets across the U.S. and um, you know they want to reach them where they're searching, uh, and you know most of them are coming in off of mobile, but they can reach them based on the IP address that the search is coming in from, so that candidates instantly seeing a job that's actually relevant to them because it's in their you know it's in their market.
1: And really what you're talking about sounds like solutions for fairly big employers, big companies who are hiring all the time or always looking for people all the time. But does your solution work for, you know, a company that's only hiring a few people a year?
0: It absolutely does. So, you know, that's a great question. And I know, uh, you know, if you go to our site, a lot of our companies, the companies that we work for are Fortune 1000. But quite honestly, um, you know, small and mid-market companies have – just as much, if not more, need to compete on parity with the big companies because we're all competing for the same talent pool. Um, so, you know, being able to use video to tell somebody even who you are, you know, especially if you're like a mid-market company, um, people might not even be aware of you. So I think video is almost even more important, you know, for a small, mid-sized company.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, we did some videos that uh, were meant for our um our potential clients, and I find that people looking for jobs with us are probably the number one viewers of those videos, um, because they're trying to learn more about the company, they want to understand what the work is, um, and that wasn't something we had ever intended or even thought about, uh, being, right. you know, that, that that would be who would be looking at the most. I, I think I'd prefer that potential clients would be looking at it more often than not, but, you know... <laughs>
0: But, you know, you kind of think about, I don't know, I think about my own behavior and, you know, um, I'll go on LinkedIn and look at somebody's picture to figure out, you know, who's going to be the best person to reach out to. You can tell a lot by somebody's photo, Mm -hmm. you know, whether they're going to be approachable or not. Then you translate that to video and, you know, how much more information you obtain about somebody from watching them on a video versus a photo.
1: Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we... Sort of make these assumptions and try to figure things out on a visual way. I don't think we read mm-hmm. we read text to try to find the those kinds of answers. We look at those pictures, we look at the videos, and so that's a huge uh, component as well. I, I know you've kind of been featured as a as a leader in recruitment through a lot of different outlets: HRO Today, Forbes, ABC News, CCTV. Can you talk a little bit about you know what you do w- within these platforms?
0: Um, so a lot of the time, well, on the major media outlets, it's been really talking about um, the current economic situation, job growth, and um, you know different industries that we see heavily recruiting. So um, a lot, of, you know, a lot of times that might fluctuate from month to month. So kind of spotlighting specific areas of growth because you know they're definitely appealing more to the general public and kind of how they should even think about the job search process so a lot of times they'll ask questions around you know how how an individual should even begin the process you know what they should know about you know platforms like linkedin because amazingly enough um i think is you know being in the industry we kind of are in our own bubble sometimes we don't realize that um Some people don't even know about LinkedIn or to have a LinkedIn profile, so they don't even know how to start the job search process. So, you know, kind of helping create, you know, an education and, you know, um, filling that gap between the the job seeker and what they've known historically the process to be and what it is now, um, and then how, you know, how it changes, how it fluctuates from month to month with um, the unemployment.
1: Yeah, I've seen a huge population of people who, have a LinkedIn profile, but didn't really pay attention to it. They didn't really have to because they had a job that they've had for a very long time and so they maybe agreed to connect and if people sent them connections, they probably agreed to it, but they probably never really digested it, never really did any actual you know attempts to make to build up their network or do anything with it and then find themselves in the position where they're having an issue uh, that maybe now are unemployed or want to change their job, and they're missing out on that really big opportunity. Um, and which is a can be a great resource for a lot of people. Uh, we are at the point here that we need to take one more commercial break, and then we're going to finish up the show here with uh, Lindsay Stanton, a chief client officer at DigiMe. And when we come back, she's going to talk about her thoughts on the future. So you don't want to miss that. We'll be right back.
0: When it comes to pioneers in their respective industries, we all know the Apples, Starbucks, and Trader Joe's of the world. In the realm of recruiting, Decision Toolbox is the industry's best-kept secret. With 90% of their business from referrals and repeat customers, for over 20 years, Decision Toolbox's U.S.-based team of recruiters, sourcers, professional writers, quality personnel, and tech support has perfected a Six Sigma approach to talent management. No matter the size of the project, Decision Toolbox delivers incredible results. A cost per hire less than half of what contingency firms charge. With the winning candidate presented in an average of 14 days. All with a 12-month candidate warranty. With results like that, Decision Toolbox won't be a secret for long. Visit us at www.dtoolbox.com for more information.
1: I'm on the observation deck of the Empire State Building to demonstrate how much material Waste Management recycles. As North America's largest residential recycler, last year alone Waste Management recycled 12.9 million tons. How much is that? Let's do the math. Carry the six. It's enough to fill this building more than 27 times. With experience like that, we're bound to have a program that can help your business recycle. Talk to Waste Management or visit thinkgreen.com. welcome back to the talent talk radio show uh don't forget you can interact with us uh really kind of all different mediums you can go to talenttalkradio.com you can open up your iHeartRadio radio app and type in talent talk or you can even go on your podcast app and do the same and listen to all the past shows and find guests that maybe are interesting to you that you want to hear what they had to say um especially a lot of the some of the great authors we've had people always like to to listen to those shows so take a look and and uh let us know what you think on Twitter. We really appreciate the feedback. And uh, but let's go ahead and jump back in here with uh, Lindsay Stanton, the Chief Client Officer of DigiMe, and kind of told you we'll ask a little bit about the future. Maybe what you think about the future of talent acquisition and branding and marketing. You know, is is this is it within the things you've mentioned above, or or, or do we do see something new coming on the horizon that really might change the industry entirely?
0: I think that's a great question. Um, You know, I think overall, I think the general theme is going to be streamlining the process and just making it a better matchmaking process on both sides. I think that's definitely got to involve more attention on candidates and um, their individual experience with our brands and our companies. Um, And that's something that I know we're really focused on. Uh, We actually released in the spring a product called our Candidate Expectation video, Probably the number one complaint uh, that we hear, you know, and I think just as an industry, we hear about you know the candidates apply for a job and they have no idea what's going to happen next, <laughs> and it's so frustrating. It kind of goes back to our conversation about LinkedIn. You know, they just don't—they don't know. You know, and we haven't—I uh, don't think as an industry—done a very effective job of educating them that. It's going to take four weeks, for instance, before somebody even has a chance to look at their resume. So um, kind of walking them through that process, and uh, we've conveyed that in a video that allows the, the organization to kind of walk the candidate through the process, whether it's, you know, a telephone screening, an in-person interview, whatever the next phases and timing are for your process, helping educate the candidate. And I think um, just overall we have to, you know, kind of um, – Make sure that we're educating on the candidate side because I think that's something that kind of gets missed. You know, we feel like we're filling job orders and we miss the individual experience that, you know, that um, candidate's having with our organization. And considering most companies are consumer-facing brands, that's really, really important. You know, you want to, whether we hire the person or not, we want them to walk away feeling positive about their experience with us and our organization. So in order to do that, you know, we kind of have to bridge the education gap.
1: So you're kind of seeing that streamlining process as being that next thing. I mean, obviously, we we don't know. There might be the next, you know, Steve Jobs or Bill Gates or someone like that who comes along and, and helps find something that changes our society in a major way that may impact all of that as well, but um, mm-hmm. in you know in the, in the meantime we're looking at that you know efficiency of process and uh, you know, certain things like Twitter where we're talking in only a few as few as few of characters as possible um, is is always having an impact on everything and being quicker being faster doing it and less time with less reading and uh, certainly your product with video really has an impact on that.
0: Absolutely. And I, you know, the one thing I think along those lines that I always encourage companies to do is go through your own process. A lot of companies don't do that. And I was actually with an organization the other day, and their head of HR was telling me that um, if she hadn't known the leadership and the executives at the company she was working at prior to going through the application process, she never would have got, she never would have tried to get a job there because the process was so laborious. Mm-hmm. So um I think that's just kind of something that we all need to step back and you know go through the process and think about your candidates you know more likely than not we're seeing increase in you know, candidates coming in through mobile and they expect us to be mobile friendly, they don't know or understand or probably care (laughs) about the challenges we have, you know, on the applicant tracking system side as far as, you know, mobile and being mobile and able to get information. So just kind of helping bridge those gaps and making it easier, especially if, you know, for your strategic field where you're trying to attract somebody from a competitor, you know, it's so important that we make the process simple.
1: You know, and from a, from a video and simplicity standpoint, when companies are out there using this technology for their recruitment, um, do you think that there are, you know, are all companies, it, you know, going to see a relatively good um, experience or return from that, assuming they do everything that you know, they're supposed to do? Or do you find that maybe particular industries are better suited for this type of thing?
0: You know, we really have worked across every different industry, and um, I think it's more that, you know, kind of goes back to the very beginning about how people want to absorb information, and um, we found with the tracking metrics, it's more about um, using that information to get insight into how, where, and when candidates are more likely to view an engineering job versus, you know, a line worker manufacturing role. And, um, you know, that's going to vary tremendously. You know, like our CDL drivers, obviously over 90% of um, the engagement is occurring off of mobile versus, you know, some of the other positions you're going to see more online behavior especially on a global scale it kind of depends on the market but um, I think you know it just it translates really well it's just about um, you know kind of looking into that data and being able to see what you know what websites are going to work best for you and those are going to vary you know very dramatically especially you know for the different social sites
1: right absolutely well, I mean, as if you didn't have enough kind of great things for us to talk about, uh, one of the other really kind of cool things that I wanted to make sure we talked about was, I know you're a part of this reality competition called Top Recruiter. Um, how did this come about, and what's the premise of the show?
0: That's a great question. Um, that's been a really fun project for me to participate in. Uh, we, The executive producer actually reached out to me on LinkedIn and um, Actually knows one of our sales managers. that turned out, but I don't think he knew that when he reached out to me originally. But it's really about bringing reality TV to the HR space, which I think in in of itself is cool because I think we're um, you know probably uh, not really spotlighted that often. Um, but the whole premise of it is corporate versus agency recruitment and um, having them compete against each other. I've had the ability to be a judge, so I actually just a couple weeks ago filmed the new season, which I'm very excited about, Um, but I did, I participated in last year's as a judge as well, which um, kind of led to one of the comments I made earlier in regards to, you know, kind of having a realistic view of where candidates are at with their knowledge of process because uh, the one I participated in last year was at a South Florida career fair, and to see, you know, tens of thousands of people lined up outside of a stadium to apply for jobs with paper resumes and companies with paper applications. I mean, we, there were people literally huddled up in corners trying to fill out paper applications. And it goes back to, okay, like, you know, what do people expect and then how are we, you know, streamlining the process for them because it just was a huge education. You know, I think, you know, again, we think of everything being online, and um, sometimes we're, we have to bridge that gap. But the Top Recruiter Project has been a really fun one. I'm really looking forward to this new season because it's a totally different format than last season. I got to do a TED Talk type of format. Hopefully I'm not spilling anything there, but um, it was a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, I mean, are there some highlights or some, you know, kind of things that we can expect that obviously aren't going to spoil it or, or get you in trouble with the producers? Um, you know, that people might might look for as they tune in
0: yeah well i know um i participated in a couple of documentaries with uh the executive producer as well and he actually just released some clips some teasers for the documentaries too that we just put out on uh linkedin and facebook today actually so um one of the documentaries i filmed last year was around hr technology and uh he's just you know kind of doing these teasers to release that piece which i'm excited about
1: Yeah, well, I guess people can kind of look those up and and check them out. I know I've seen some uh, publicity for the show uh, on TV. Uh, what, What channel is that on? Do you know? It's
0: um it's actually online. It's um if you go to if you Google Top Recruiter, it comes right up. But you uh, can mm-hmm. on his website. He's got a pretty robust Facebook page. You can obviously view it through. You maybe, know, our- maybe
1: that's mm-hmm. where I saw it was Facebook because I remember seeing some sort of advertisement for it uh, recently. They're kind of gearing up for things because uh, it seems like. Maybe just me kind of having some access to the HR space. Maybe Facebook figured out it would advertise to me, but um, I've seen quite a bit recently.
0: Yeah, it's a pretty neat platform, and, you know, we've definitely been excited to be part of it.
1: So kind of getting back into, you know, some of the the core work, what do you see as some of the best tools for companies to use to build their brand and become more effective than in the kind of recruiting efforts in general?
0: Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I think, you know, more and more companies are becoming focused on their employment brand, and um, that doesn't have to just be an overarching message of your company in general. What What we've found is more and more organizations are kind of recognizing that there are uniquenesses and nuances among their business groups in the company, so, you know, kind of spotlighting those and knowing that, in order to accurately attract a candidate to your organization, they should be able to see that because the first thing they're going to do is, you know, opt in or out of your company culture. And you kind of want that before they even get to the granular level of the job. You want them to understand who you are because you don't want to onboard them just to, to lose them, you know, down the road. That's very costly. So, you know, having them kind of opt into who you are as a company culture first and then, you know, um, attract them on a job specific level I think we've seen more and more companies going that direction because they realize how important that is to the process especially when it comes to retention.
1: yeah absolutely I mean it can be such a competitive place and there's some of the smallest things can have really big uh, impacts and uh, you know influence on what applicants you get and how, how much a company is going to grow and if you're going to have the right people at the right seats uh, at the right time. Yeah, and rec- exactly, Recru- you
0: have to sell your story.
1: Yeah, and recruiting is a big part of that. So, uh, I'm wondering, you know, kind of giving everything you're doing. Maybe you don't have time for this, but um, hopefully, you do. Uh, is there maybe a book you're reading right now that uh, you might share with us?
0: You know, um, I'm not reading a book. I don't have time to read a book. <laughs> you kind of hit that one on the head. Um, but what I am, you know, heavily involved in reading and researching is. Um, industry specific knowledge, you know, um, in regards to making sure that I'm updated on, you know, um, what the latest trends are, you know, for speaking for, you know, blogs, um, since I am, you know, kind of out there on the circuit. And probably one of the things that, um, really focused on right now is, um, diversity and compliance and how the regulations are going to be changing and, uh, how they have changed and how that's going to affect our industry, um, it's interesting that uh to me that um now, you know, uh digital compliance is part of the picture in um making sure that, you know, your your reach and your scope of reach of candidates is, you know, um on par with with what the government thinks it should be. So that's definitely an area where I, I find, you know, really interesting it's gonna affect all of us um sooner than later.
1: See, so what I had to do, because I didn't have time to read either, was I had to go and create a book club so that every month I actually have to have read the book when I show up, because a bunch of people are (laughs) going to show up and expect me to have read the book. Um, So that was my life hack to make sure I started reading. Well, to be fair, I actually listened to the book. Peer pressure. Yes, peer pressure, um, you know, forced deadline, and then I just, you know, listen to it in the car when I'm driving or whatever, so... But that was uh, t- too many people were giving up too many great books on this program that I wanted to read, and I had a stack on my dresser that I had never touched. I thought I better start doing that before my, before my wife killed me for having too many books on the dresser. So, <laughs> um, you know, you've talked about a lot of great things today, and we've you know, given some really great little pieces of wisdom. I'm sure a lot of people can take back to the organizations and implement. Um, and I'm sure if they're interested in your services as well. Uh, we'll talk about that in a second, but you know, maybe what are um, what would, what, if you were to summarize, you know, maybe some of the best things that you or, or us together talked about today. What would those be?
0: Wow, that's a tough one. Um,
1: and you're on live radio, so no dead space allowed, right? Right, yeah, right, yeah. right. No, just a little bit of pressure. <laughs>
0: I would just, um, you know, say just a continuization to push ourselves um, into more modernization and, you know, making sure that we don't get kind of stuck in the traditional process. One thing is that we've tried to do as a company is really uh, make sure that we're always kind of seeing the the next trend coming down the pipeline and um, be able to help address the challenges that our customers are seeing. I think that's really important, and we even implement it in our own hiring practices. I always like to say, you know, we are eating our own dog food because um, we're constantly trying to attract, you know, uh, people to our organization, especially younger people um, as contributors to the company. So, you know, I think just always kind of making sure that we're pushing the envelope and we don't get too stale because, you can't really have a one-dimensional approach to recruiting anymore. You know, you can't expect people to just find you on one website. Uh, we, you know, we really believe that we need to change the entire process and make sure that we're reaching people where where they're already going. So, you know, whether it's social, whether it's mobile, um, you know, to be able to attract them on the sites that they find attractive already. You know, and uh, to differentiate yourself and stand out in that way.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and. It's gonna be interesting to see as our sort of society evolves if we're gonna get away from having people who have deep knowledge or you know, subject matter experts and if we're just gonna have a whole bunch of people who know how to find it on Google, um, and how that might impact the overall, you know, complexities or lack thereof for our for, for recruitment and for companies and, and how they continue to have talent and the right people in the right places and but it sounds like your system and your, your company can really continue to help them align up with those people, help them locate them, and also give them some metrics to really understand where they're being effective and where they're not being so effective. Um, so if they're really interested in learning more about your company, what's the best way for them to do that?
0: Um, They can reach out to me directly or um, go to our website, digi-me.com. We've got video on there, obviously, (laughs) about... I'd hope so. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) So they can, you know, get a quick uh, informational video and uh, reach out to one of our team members.
1: Yeah, so if you're interested, uh, check out the website, or I'm sure you can look for uh, Lindsay Stanton on uh, LinkedIn or any other place you can find her. Um, and check out her uh, the show that she's on, uh, Top Recruiter. That looks really interesting. But uh, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show, and we appreciate you sticking around a little bit longer uh, than originally planned for to help us cover our other guests that had that emergency. So, again, thank you, and we'd love to have you come back at some point and give us an update.
0: Well, great. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure.
1: All right. So um, next week, don't forget, uh, we'll be back. and w- But we're going to have a, a best of segment on. Um, I'm actually going to be traveling, so a little impossible to do a show from the airplane. Although maybe we could do it if we could get the, the right internet, but we didn't want to risk it. So uh, we'll have a best-of show, and then we'll return live uh, July 21st. My guest that day will be uh, Joseph Fung, NetSuite uh, Vice President of HCM Products, and uh, Rosalind Cohen Barish, oh, Barouche? I don't know, I'm it's my one name to screw up for the next show vice president uh, and director of hr of human capital for hall capital partners llc and hopefully i will have gotten that uh, name figured out before that date but until then do what you love and show the world how talented you can be today
0: you've been listening to town talk radio show brought to you by people g2